I don't think I've heard any of the shinies yet, but I've heard, I heard like two or three of the GPUs and really dug it. Oh, nice. And it's basically the same thing, right? It's pretty similar format. Yeah. yeah. Pretty similar idea. Mm -hmm. Just with, just with a searchable name. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We thought it was so clever. I know. I thought it was so clever. I thought it was like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> no, no one can find us. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we'll run into that with Dr. Doctor. Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> it could be. I'm, I'm also not super married to that name either. Well, so. Dr. Doctor isn't like, I don't know, man. GPU is pretty That's fucking... That's a little bit too it's close like, to the bone on yeah, that one. It's like yeah. an industry term. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's, a, it's a GPU. It's like, we could have done, like... If we had named the podcast, like, DMV, it might have been just as hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, dude. All right, let's make a podcast, guys. All right. Here we go. Go. Here we go. I'm doing it. I'm doing it! We did it. This is Chris. Hey guys, I'm Davis. <laughs> That's Davis. <laughs> and like a successful recording of your favorite audio medium projects, this is Shiny Podcast. Following the light, throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. Episode four, Colin. It has been quite the task getting episode four out the door this week, has it not? I'm gonna call it four point two. Okay, sure. <laughs> it, is is there a, a reason for that particular decimal? Like how far along the line you think we are, or like is this a, <laughs> is this some sort of like version control like uh, that's reflecting how many times we've done this? <laughs> uh, the the most latter of that, yeah, <laughs> of those options. This is our third attempt due to uh, some snafus of, uh, of trying to record this content. Um, we're, uh, we're super excited to get this out to you guys, and we're going to try to do this with as much energy and excitement as we can possibly muster as humans who have talked about this for now the third time. You have to understand, when we set out to make a podcast, the goal was... To, to find compelling technology-based content and talk about it together. Like we do normally, but like um, you also learn along the way that when it comes to audio recording, it's best to cover your fucking ass with as much duct tape and fucking like plaster and concrete as possible because things go wrong. And in this case... We had a lot of really things go painful wrong. coming off. Yeah, it was like <laughs> re the hairs were just stuck right in there. You know, it was bad. <laughs> so yes, this is the this is the third attempt to make episode four. For everybody that uh, came and hung out on Thursday, I want to say thank you. That was a really good showing. So uh, we are uh, embarking on a journey in the Mojave wasteland. Colin and I have spawned with our 
awesome listener's help. A, 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 a man. The man, in fact, named... Matt Mantuna. Matt Mantuna. Oh, Matt Mantuna. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt Mantuna is a very strong and lucky individual. He survived a shot to the head right off the top, but Oof. he's not overly bright, and he has a serious case of split personality disorder. Okay. As Colin and I swap save files for an hour of streaming Fallout New Vegas every single week before the Shiny Podcast on uh, twitch.tv slash shinypodcast. It's mm-hmm. really, really fun. This week, I take over uh, from Colin's creation, and uh, we actually leave the first town. Excellent. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe. <laughs> you can get pretty sidetracked. I, Dude, I, I'm totally going to watch it. Good. This time. I'll, be right, I'll be right back, guys. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna just keep the pace. It's a lot of fun. The funniest thing thus far is how much time we spend actually creating the character. Because given the set of rules that we we're gonna do, like it, it's a zero intelligence role. So like the the so Matt is um he's a he's a special guy. But oh, did you it, did you roll it out like on dice or with like a? No, we just use the we just use the in-game interface. But we got it, got it. But we went through it and um made sure that, you know, he came in at zero intelligence and redistributed to, to strength and to, to luck. Uh, he, <laughs> in New Vegas, uh, the company that made it was actually the original company that made the Fallouts way back in the day. Yeah, it's Black Isle, right? Well, Obsidian, but Obs- yes. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Black Isle was the spirit, or well, was the parent company, well, not, yeah. not parent company, but the company that the dissolved precursor. and became. It was the yeah. precursor to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They put in dialogue options and story content that is only really specifically unlockable when your character is of very low intelligence. So they, they, they there's I like. I did not know that. Yeah, there's content for just about every play type over and above what. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's so, really cool. So, so we're going to explore that. Plus, I've never seen it or, or played through any of the DLC, really, except for like a little bit of one. I need to. I've never played uh, New Vegas at all. Oh, really? I mean, four is the only one I've played. This is I, a great way to get into it, man, because like, you I know, remember seeing Colin play and just being like, dude, this is amazing. It's <laughs> like so good. I mean, yeah, four is obviously graphically a little more, you know, impressive, but three, I feel like three New Vegas are, they're stylized though. Like yeah. four kind of goes in that more like a realism direction. Whereas like, yeah. I feel like three, they were kind of maybe making up with the like lower processing power. They were like, Using that to do something a little bit more creative. With sure. Like, Especially in 3 where, like, the game is all green and it's, like, yeah. it, it's it's very much colorized that to, yep. to be this, you know, way. And some people don't like that. Some people are, like... I fucking love stylized yeah, games. Yeah, there are man. mods that, like, take that out. Yeah, and, like, yeah. fix the vegetation so that it looks less, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't know, man. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I mean... Yeah, when during our intro to to the um, to the stream, I kind of talked about you know where where it all started for me with and and it started with Fallout Three, um in in that series and um, I um, yeah I, I really enjoyed Fallout Three uh, New Vegas um, it, I just really enjoyed because and what part of the reason that I was really excited to do that pro this project is that there's just a lot of really great role playing opportunities like you can really kind of you know you you have very 
awesome kind of speech options and choices that come along with like your character and like how they're built and yeah it's, it's really kind of cool to to kind of see what you can do uh, while you, you have. while you were gone i said that there there are yeah. like options specifically for like a low intelligence role okay well never mind well i mean we can expand on that like that's <laughs> it's so cool that everyone knows about it they well that me. they and that they took <laughs> yeah. that into account Sorry, guys, that they I, were like I spilt my drink all over the goddamn place so <laughs> <laughs> So it was uh You gotta slow down on that seltzer, it a, Colin. It was a mad dash to get the liquid away from my computer. I'll just be right back, guys. <laughs> that was very cash, man. That was yeah, like, dude, I, I had no idea things were wrong. I thought you yeah. were just going to look You're a pro. Look at a sunset out a window or yeah, like yeah. have a have a quick pleasant back, chat sunset. with someone. I'm just gonna saunter away and I'll saunter <laughs> right, right back and everything's cool, dudes. So hey, this is Davis. By the hey. way, Davis is joining us uh, for this episode of the Shiny Podcast, and the reason for that is uh, we figured that if if we had a guest on this third, fourth episode, uh, shake it up again enough, maybe it will actually uh, end up in the can and out yeah. <laughs> over, over the airwaves. Because I'm a bit of a bit of a good luck charm when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, so yeah. widely known. Yeah, it's true. He's he's. I mean, Davis has been involved in some of the most. Uh, impressive and, and long-lasting podcasts of all time yes you know like yeah. um so anyway so our first <laughs> yeah, story which today one, yeah, which ones are those <laughs> equifax it is super fucked up it yeah, is the worst breach of personal information basically in in all of history uh 146 uh, million uh american social security numbers have been compromised and will be released on the open internet if Equifax does not agree to certain conditions, including the transfer of several million dollars worth of Bitcoin. There's a countdown. Um, to, there's a date which uh, escapes me at the moment, past which if they do not receive their money, they will uh, release this, this information. But uh, at the moment, we're just sort of waiting. So... We don't have a ton of technical detail to to go into, except that we know that Equifax is grossly negligent and incompetent. There are... It's kind of an understatement. It's it's <laughs> insane. There it's are, a really nice thing of you to say. Yeah. That's it. Well, because, of course, they're going to try to shift the blame to, you know, terrorists or Russian hackers or some other third party. Uh, if people just played by the rules, right. we wouldn't have to have such stringent web security. <laughs> well... <laughs> Unfortunately, people do not play by the rules ever. And they, when you secure your database, if you A, use the exact same database for your entire global network, and B, secure that database in certain geographies with Dude. the username and password. The password. Username and password being both admin. You're gonna have a bad time, which is something that Equifax did in the Argentina. Yeah, I'm you sure, can't, I'm sure the, you can't even. The folks breaking in oh were just my like, "God, really?" Laughing. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, this is out. supposed to be hard. This is supposed to be hard. <sighs> that's like the that's like the you know modern day equivalent of like, oh, what's your luggage password? That's uh, one, two, three. Three. It's the digits. same number of my luggage. <laughs> 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 no, it's but it's insane. It's insane that like, and there's part of my brain that wants to be like, oh, well, you know, this is this is an older generation who isn't as technologically literate as we are. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of my brain that's like, this is like 1995 knowledge. Right. Like, like how long can you get away with having your head in the sand 
before shit like this happens. Well, exactly this long. Yeah, I it's just say. like oh, there was, big, you know, it's just a bunch of people's fucking social security numbers, like whatever, and and names, uh, driver's license numbers. Yeah, uh, no, date, just, dates of birth, uh, addresses, yeah, uh, phone number. You know, the just whole stuff gamut that, of information that it, based on what they're used for and the place they have in our society shouldn't be public information. And the kicker Ever. is like it, the worst part. The worst part is. Like, securing data, encrypting information, limiting access, that's not hard. That's a very much solved problem. Like, we had that yeah. problem long before I ever had an active interconnect, internet connection, and I was the first person I know to have an active internet connection back in the day. Yeah, you, know, you, guys, like, were, you yes. guys were on the ball. Totally. Like, it, it, it is a solved problem, except when you do not patch the servers that, that gateway the access to everybody's social security numbers. That's when you have bad things happen, and Equifax really fucked up. So, people are throwing around terms like freezing and and locking your credit. You should do that. You should do that. That yeah, will generate a pin. It's, that it's will... a pain. Um, yes. Yeah, and you, you you get you get a pin. Do not lose that pin. It's the only thing that will allow you to uh, to unfreeze your credit when you need to. Um, and and so yeah, you have to you have to get in touch with each individual. Uh, reporting agency um you said there was a fourth one um I'm, I'm not super aware of who that is but the three big ones are transunion equifax and experian and um um yeah you have to get in touch with each one individually to to get the freeze done their websites are super overloaded their phone banks are like really 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 overloaded as well but it's it's yeah. uh, definitely worth doing otherwise well you, yeah, you, and 140 some odd million of your best friends uh, will be in a really shitty place. Yeah, you're you're kind of putting yourself into the worst lottery ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like we can't. I mean, I don't like fud. I don't like just like spreading fear. This is kind of the big one. This is kind of like the worst case scenario that we've all been waiting for. Mm -hmm. So. You know, maybe this means that, like, this will be the galvanizing point for us to look at social security numbers and look at technology and look at the way that we're doing this this type of authentication and identification and realize that we have better tools. Maybe this will be the, the, the moment that we, we kind of can move past the old system because, frankly, if these social security numbers do become public, they are immediately obsolete. Yep. They are just immediately completely obsolete. <laughs> So, iPhone, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 were announced, or iPhone X, iPhone, well, it's iPhone 10, but they, they changed the, the name of the time. Mac OS operating, or the Mac operating system just in time to not have a name collision. Don't you love that? Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. If they had, if only they hadn't just perfectly stepped in last year and renamed OS 10 to Mac OS. By the way, don't call it <laughs> OS 10 because it's not that. Oh, anymore. I never heard that. Oh, yeah. Can't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cupertino says. Uh, people are really into it, and people are really not into it. Simultaneously. It's probably the most controversial iPhone release since the iPhone 4 and Antennagate, which is which is in to say that uh, the Apple community seems to be very divided in how they're responding to it. The 8 isn't selling very well. The 10 isn't fully available. The 10, of course, has some features over the 8. Uh, the the uh, the 8 basically looks like a, the next evolution of what the iPhone 7 was. It's very much a you know a similar glass body, mm -hmm. um, 
It's got the home button. With the home button and a yeah. touch ID in there, like the, yep. the, the, that whole thing. The new iPhone is, uh, the, the, the crowning feature is uh, the face ID and augmented reality uh, technology. Are you familiar with the Connect? Do you I am that? familiar with the Connect, yeah. Connect's very cool. Microsoft was, product. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. The company that made the Connect was purchased by Apple several years ago. They basically took a Connect and condensed it into the space that the that the notch on on the iPhone. If you've seen it at all, yeah, the, the yeah. screen is is basically bezel-less. It goes right to the yeah, edge yeah. of the device. But there's this little black notch up top, and in that space, they've basically taken an entire Connect and packed it into that space. Damn. Yeah. So that's the that's the technology, the hardware that's enabling this this Face ID unlock. Because now in iPhones, you don't you don't touch it. You don't use your fingerprint. It scans your face, and that unlocks the phone. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's really it's really. Um, I mean, it's a little creepy. It. it uh, I, I. I might. I immediately go to where that technology is. You know, will be used in the future. Um, you know, just scanning people, just walking around. Um, but um, it is very sophisticated technology. It like you can't. Like a picture of you won't unlock the phone. Um, it, it like you know, they they tried to subvert that system um, in in every way that they possibly could, and uh, it will only unlock with your actual real face. Jesus. Now, one thing that I feel like has been missed in this coverage because people are you know really I mean, there's a lot of implications for carrying a device around in your pocket that can that has that level of Face recognition, yeah. Like, uh, well, uh, object recognition. Yeah, at all. that's just like any, like anything. Like, it's that's a pretty clear idea of what that device is actually looking at at that moment. Way better than mm-hmm. even just a picture. You know, it's like you know, you can right. get you know metrics on the space that it's in. Yeah. Um, but one thing that has been lost in this is it's important to know all of the compute for that device is done on the device. Like that, mm-hmm. like Apple isn't taking that data and right, sending right, it somewhere right. into like their massive compute farm. Like there's no iCloud data center. That oh, that's interesting. So yeah. it kind of goes through that and then it comes out and like. Right. Well. So it's like. But if somebody hacks that device and. Right. Well, and then, and then also. Can use that I mean, you know me, I'm not, stuff, you know? I'm not a big Apple fan, but I have to, you know, I have to technically, it's important to know too, the device the the way that it's implemented is there's this thing called a secure element on the mm-hmm. on the motherboard okay yep. the secure element is basically this isolated computer this separate yeah this yeah, completely yeah. separate system and the way that they engineered it nothing actually ever except for the secure element nothing ever actually is it like sees the raw data like if you have your right, fingerprint right, in there right. or your face in there or whatever it is no app no, no part of the system, no part of the OS, yeah. is at all privy to what's in that secure element. They just get a basically like a like a like a, a mathematical approval or disapproval. So, mm. so it's kind of like a digital lockbox that can like that's right. on your phone and it has a specific purpose to it. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, if you're gonna do it, that's the way to do it. Right. And that's kind of that's kind of as far as I can go with with it i guess <laughs> it's it's like it makes me it, it makes me torn right because as somebody yeah. who is privacy conscious like it's this 
double-edged sword where it's like, well, really, Apple is the one who's pushing privacy technology forward by making sure that your data remains local and isn't part of some massive global, like, compute ad engine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, but at the same time, it's also like a severe limitation of choice. So how it's a it's a tough thing to recognize. Yeah, but I, I have to give him props because I ha like it, it, after examining this, the security of the tech is pretty cool. You probably can't do that thing like that function much better, I suppose. If if it is coming out into the world, and that's also probably inevitable. So, well done. Yeah, yeah, well done, well done, Cupertino. I'm not gonna buy one. It's a thousand fucking dollars. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it is not budget conscious at all. No. I'm gonna buy like a stereo receiver and like lots of pizza. Or a car. Oh, I could or buy a car. The new, you, <laughs> no, not I a great car. No, I like my yes. plan. I like not my a plan. great car, but like you know. <laughs> I could buy the new UCS Millennium Falcon and have two hundred to spare. Yes, you could. If anybody in the audience does end up with the iPhone 10 or even the iPhone 8, please let me know because I actually would love to hear about it, hear your feedback, and yeah, I will probably definitely. go out of my way to find one and play with it. So that's yeah. you know that's gonna happen. But yeah, right we on. just got our Pixels though, so we're like we're in good shape. Yeah, exactly. And that's by the way coming out. The Pixel 2 is coming out on October 4th. Rumor is, of course, that there's no headphone jack. It's like the big thing. Well, then I'm glad I don't have a Pixel 2. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. We shall see. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I just feel like there's enough there's enough analog audio out there in the world that, like, I mean, you know, maybe having the choice between having it and not having it, maybe that's the kind of feature that you put as, like, you know, like you would with, like, RAM on board or, like, different kind of things. But, like, maybe there's, like, a pro version that it's like, hey, you might be out in the world and might need Nathan's Jack. Maybe that's less people than I think it is, but I don't know. I guess no, I'm I'm one of them. I uh yeah I don't want my headphones to be wireless. Like I want a wired connection. Well, it's just so handy if you're at all a geek and you have. I mean, even mm -hmm. like I mean, not even like a deep geek, but if you're at all a geek, you're gonna use that eighth inch jack yeah. some point. You know what the crazy part is too? They like we, nobody like knows this, but um, not only are they TRRS connections, so a tip ring ring sleeve. When you look at your headphone jack and you look at the metal that is exposed, you'll usually see three connections, mm -hmm. right? Three yeah. very obvious sections of metal that are exposed. That's a TRS jack, a tip ring sleeve jack. Uh, the ones that have microphones integrated into them are called TRRS jacks, and those have, very obviously, four connections on the jack, right? You can see there's three lines, four little segments of metal, um, because they need a, another connection for the microphone. Well, if you look around your house, and specifically your computer, very quickly there's going to be another, another device or another very common connection that has four pins in it. Well, that's your USB jack. And unbeknownst to the entire world, Apple for years was shipping in their little jacks a USB connection that nobody ever used. Huh. Same thing with a lot of Android devices. Yeah. Which would be super useful, but we don't use it. Yeah. Imagine that, like an eighth inch to USB, <laughs> like like whatever. You I know? think I've used that. My uh, I I have uh, Bluetooth headphones, like JBL ones, and they they do a uh, TRRS, like a mini. Yeah, like right. Smaller than eighth to a USB yep. that hooks into Two and like a, half mil. a brick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's really it's cool, but I I hadn't 
No, that was elsewhere. I always, I always did always dig that you could do like volume control and mics on the, uh, I think it was on an older iOS. I mean, it's still there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a per device. Yeah. The yeah, per totally, device, man. Yeah, that, that actually cool. Android only really just caught up to that like about two years ago. Yeah. That was that was a good feature. Was a good feature. Credit, but that, but I mean, that's credits to Apple. But that's the the world we live in. Is that like iOS is pretty much baked in. Android is pretty much baked in. Mm-hmm. Now they're just starting to remove things in in this sort of attempt to be, I don't know, smaller, slimmer, cooler, more waterproof, I guess. But yep, man, I really like the eighth inch jack. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you have you haven't seen it yet, uh, there is a YouTube channel called Strange Parts. Where a guy, uh, he has two videos out right now. The first video is he builds an iPhone 6 from scratch. He's like in Shenzhen, China. And, oh, wow. uh, no kidding. Yeah, he goes around and just like collects all the parts and builds an iPhone 6 from scratch. It's amazing. The second video is, in my opinion, even better. Where he modifies an iPhone 7 to have an 8-inch jack. He, he like does it. Like, and just does it by... The fact that he's in Shenzhen and has access to all of these parts and all of this, like, this... That's so cool. It's an interesting look into the culture of, of of like, electronics fabrication. Yeah. Because, like, down there, it's these massive open component markets, and he really goes into, like, how that all works yep. to source the parts to make it possible. Mm-hmm. And he also blows the whole claim by Apple out of the water that they had to do it to... They had to do it to make it, you know, slimmer or whatever. He has a fully functional headphone jack and an iPhone 7. It's pretty cool. I think that channel is called Strange Parts. Yeah, right I'd on. love to check that out, man. Ooh, that was a good segue, guys. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where the sound effect will go when we <laughs> when, it, when we actually release it. See? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice little there. sting. It sounds like... <laughs> it is yeah you hear that resonance hey google bought htc wait no it didn't buy htc it bought not all of it anyway some of htc what the fuck is that about yeah so um uh google and htc came to a deal where google um in (laughs) pretty expensive headhunting operation um paid 1.1 billion dollars and uh, acquired 2,000 HTC employees. Um, no but, factories. Uh, just, just, just the bodies. Yeah. No, no factory. Yeah. Just no the talent. manufacturing. Just hmm? the bodies. Just the talent. Just the bodies. Just the bodies. <laughs> well, when it comes to HTC, man, this might be that very. <laughs> let let <laughs> <Yeah>. the bodies hit <laughs> the floor. <laughs> now, my understanding is HTC built one of the new pixels. Uh, but not the other, and I can't remember which yes. is which. But I think LG built one, and HTC of built like, the, the that Pixel is Two. Correct. Oh, uh, the larger was version was by LG. The smaller one was by HTC. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So, I know I made this. If you heard this on the the live stream of the uh, second attempt at recording this episode, you heard this <laughs> rant. But I'm going to make this point again because I think it's an important one. Because um, this purchase of HTC's talent and not the manufacturing capacity is very telling i think of what google thinks that they're capable of so google is in hardware in a big way right google is now making the google home they're making the wi-fi 
system. They have all of these, you know, Wi-Fi, like special home Wi-Fi bridges that that enables their 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 Nest uh, in uh, uh, line of products and and a bunch of other home things. They're making phones. They're 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 making uh, tablets and of course. Um, they're also making Chromecasts and little doohickeys like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the reason Tim Cook is CEO of Apple today is not because he had a bunch of great ideas on what iPhones should look like. It's not because he knew how much aluminum to remove from the Mac Mini. <laughs> it's because he's a logistics expert. It's because he's able to take all of the global electronic parts infrastructure and bend it to his will. He's able to source parts from A to go to X, from B to go to Y, time it perfectly so supply and demand matches up to get the best deal on the best parts at that time, knows when to bring in parts of manufacturing under their own roof, knows when to outsource, knows how to, you know, where, where to buy screens and how to do that and how to make sure that you get them at the right time. That stuff. That's why Tim Cook is CEO of Apple today. That's what he did, and that's what he's good at. By not buying manufacturing capacity, Google, I think, is signaling that they think that's how they can compete. They want to... They want to make stuff just like Microsoft is doing mm-hmm. and, how, and the reason why Apple is is every once in a while the most profitable and, and, and richest company on the planet. Mm-hmm. Google is the other one and they like to maintain that dominance, right? So they think, like they're, they're just getting in talented creators, designers, developers, people that mm-hmm. like help make the software work. Mm-hmm. They think that they can match Apple's prowess in hardware logistics, supply logistics, because otherwise they'd buy their own plants. Google is certainly rich enough, and they're certainly powerful enough to to really make that work if they wanted to, but they say, no, we're going to actually, even though we're making the pixels, even though it's like designed by Google, it's like the blessed Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, uh, this, this generation especially being made by two different manufacturers, when you look at the devices, and I know we just have like rumor renders and like it's not official yet until October 4th, but when you look at the two devices, you're guaranteed you're going to feel the same design language. Mm -hmm. You know, even like they're going to look the same. They're going to look like the same part of the same series. Mm -hmm. So with all of that, like with all of that in mind, like they've they've got this fabric of what the Google hardware brand is now but they're not buying the plants. Dude, they 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 think they can out Apple Apple. <laughs> yeah. Hey man. No, I think you're uh I think you're spot on. No, I think you're quite right. It's kind of it's kind of a best practices or best practices type uh scenario. It's like if you can identify what a competitor has and you mm-hmm. don't just like beef it, man. That's it and that's it. That's it right there. I don't know if they can or if they cannot. But that's, I think, the move. This is something that I was, I was particularly excited about, um, where this um, Silicon Valley um, a startup uh, incubator um, has has started to um, put together uh, an, an, an experiment, a study, to to test the effects of uh, universal basic income. 
um, something that that I think is going to be incre- incredibly relevant coming up probably sooner than we think <laughs> as as more and more jobs are, are lost to automation and and the need for for this kind of thing. Um, so I was really excited to see that there's somebody out there uh, actually beginning to to kind of put something like this together to actually get some data on the subject. Um, so that startup is called Y Combinator. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so they're trying to get uh, about 3,000 people to participate in this study across two states that we we do not know uh, what those states are, but it'll be $1,000 for a month, or sorry, $1,000 a month for up to five years for 1,000 people, and then the other 2,000 will get $50 a month. So um, say they get a thousand dollars a month for how for a thousand people out of the three thousand. Okay, and then total. the rest get fifty. Fifty, yeah. <laughs> I well, didn't. I'm I not quite sure why they didn't find successful. maybe a little bit more of a middle ground there, but um, I guess it, maybe to compare extremes. You know, yeah, exactly. Are you allowed to have income above and beyond that, or like? I I believe you are, but I think the hope is that this will. Um, encourage people to to not participate in traditional employment that they will use that money to invest or you know if if they're entrepreneurs to to kind of get out there and maybe be a little bit more creative and you know allow people to take more risks than they could so i would imagine that that yes you are allowed to have another income Mm -hmm. um but i'm I, i would imagine their hope is that it will promote people moving away from that. Yeah. I, I think about in that kind of stuff, I was thinking about like how, how broad, how broad is the range of profiles in the test group? You know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah, what's I wish their, they, yeah, I wish totally. that they provided that. Um, well, and they can't be because it's, if it's an ongoing study, then that totally, of course. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that's the kind of thing I wonder about it. That's really interesting, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, so, man, as somebody who's starting a small business as we speak, Having some like cushion of just state cash that I knew that I could like rely on to like keep certain lights mm-hmm. on and you know maybe a couple grocery bills that would that would be tremendous you know that would it, be tremendous yeah and how but of yeah, course man. you know <laughs> no rest for the wicked mm. <laughs> um, so that's something I'll definitely be keeping an eye on um, I suppose that in five years we will probably get to episode three hundred and twelve. Um, <laughs> so, um, in three twelve, we'll do a we'll do a UBI update. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Ah, damn right it! On. This is going to be one of those sad tragedies uh, of of losing the episode because I had a great, very dramatic like rant about this particular subject. But I'm not going to go through it because I can't. I cannot replicate that passion. However, everybody thinks that like McDonald's workers and like you know uh, uh, maintenance crew, like you know sweeping the supermarket. That's what you think of when you think of automation. But that's not even that's not even close to the half of it. I mean, think mm. about you know how many industries require there to be this canonical interpretation of some amount of facts. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's a perfect job for a computer. Like law, like <laughs> lawyers, lawyers will be replaced by automation very quickly because it's perfect. 
they're, you know, medicine. We just had that robot that performed a dental surgery on someone for oh, the first yeah. time and was successful. Yeah, in China. Yeah. And it was great. Uh, uh, without human intervention whatsoever. Right. Whatsoever. It just, it, the, 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 the program performed mm-hmm. the surgery. There's only so much variability in the kind of human model. It's like parts are parts, you know. There's kind of there. There's a range, but it definitely has pretty sharp parameters, you know. Right, mm-hmm. right, and I mean, and and robots can figure that kind who, of stuff out. I mean, who given the choice, it's like, do you want the thing that can give you a perfect result every single time, or do you want the thing that's been up for forty eight hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... yeah. I, robot lawyers, man, that's that's hard in my mind. That's uh... isn't that preferable though? I mean, <laughs> it, truly, it, it, this is it's it's the, always that double geek mind thing where it's like both sides. So one side is like, yeah, like that would be great. It would be just like. The laws, get, the laws be... get put down. There is the interpretation, like, because right. words mean things. And that's actually tough to think about because language changes over time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that might do to language if legal language is, like, set. Because mm-hmm. um, it's all logic. And Truly. So, you, if, yeah, if you do classical logic... There would have to be control to for, like, societal, like, like yeah. contribution and, 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 and oversight, right? Because... At, like you say, like you know, words change meaning, like interpretations Languages change. Has so, like, that would have to be responsive to that. Language has historically mm. been, and I think as long as we're the sort of weird little creative species that we are that talks a lot, mm-hmm. language is always even if this kind of thing were set, language is going to change. So like, would it become? But where would it, what would its place be in our society? Would language mm-hmm. kind of more fold around it, or would language diverge and it would become like like Latin in the Catholic Church or something that like it's this old old thing that means a very specific thing? Yeah. And I mean, even mm-hmm. that has its interpretations, but that's you know sure. my analogy for it. It's well, something that some people. Some people this, don't. this got me thinking about something else too. Actually, um, would would you want a robot automated judge? Because most lawyers, most judges are are lawyers first, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you remove that, right, that that uh, occupation, what about the judges? Let's see, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in in if we have ultimate sort of control over how this this uh, fantasy plays out like that seems like an excellent place to put a human control of the yeah. of the automated system underneath sure it, you know but but I don't know um, of course you know it, it oh, yeah, I wasn't looking for an answer yeah it's a, it's a tough <laughs> that's a tough boundary to draw this is where the other half of my geek brain just thinks about 2112 and like do we want to boot up the priest of the temples of Syrinx? And with that, with that, I will rest my case. Wow. <laughs> Episode four, we got a rush reference. You invited me here. If you've installed CCleaner in the last two months, three months, build a time machine and then don't. Yes. You have compromised your Windows install to the nth degree. CCleaner, a popular utility for helping you to remove the bloat from your Windows system, the binary that was on the official website had been compromised and injected with malware for a period of at least two months and only in the last week was uh, discovered, uh, uh, patched, and uh, disclosed. So... 
<laughs> just the other day, I was ah. contemplating downloading their other tool, uh, Peri... Oh, gosh, what's the name of the company? It starts with a P. Uh, Periodontist? It's, yeah, it's, it's pterodactyl. definitely pterodactyl. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely pterodactyl. Prometheus. Somebody will write in and tell me uh, that what an idiot I am and that it's... But they have another uh, another tool called Recover, which is uh, uh, used for undeleting files. So a friend of mine recently had their Windows.old folder disappear. Recover. Yeah, Recover. So it's, gotta recover your files. I was gonna say, so Recover, it's from Lynn. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh! North, North, North Metro Boston humor. It's... Yes. It It, it is... <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, that just it feels gross. That's just, just like, dude. Lynn has Lynn has a beautiful beachfront. So sorry. Some one of my favorite people in the world is from Lynn. Couple people. Lynn Revere, man. Good, good place. Good people. I don't doubt it. Well, I was going to download Recover <laughs> from Lynn. Recover to help with the undeletion problem. Dude, download it, guy. Except I can't because now now I don't I don't trust the company anymore. Dude, that fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the news and if that's all you're here for go ahead and turn us off or stick around for our deep dive guaranteed we'll be back next week with latest the greatest and sometimes the hatedest in gaming and technology look us up at shinypodcast.com where you can subscribe to the latest shows and check out whatever else we're cooking up for you download the shiny podcast and all your favorite podcasting applications you want to say hi, make a suggestion, or send us a hot tip on tech news, visit shinypodcast.com slash contact. You fill out the form or just email us at hello at shinypodcast.com. Okay. I grew up in an, in an era when uh, YouTube was not owned by Google. I remember those mm. days when YouTube was like, this really weird thing that was mostly strange homemade videos of just weird shit. Uh, early YouTube. Yeah, what a wild time in the West. It right? was uh, it was vlogs. It confused Pete Townsend. <laughs> um, yeah, early YouTube, man. I will not to get too off track here, but I, I found a great just to, just to throw a subreddit up there uh, deep into YouTube. A lot of that kind of oh, really? strains of classic YouTube live on and deep into YouTube. They can only post things that have under a certain amount of hits. And a lot of it is just like, just weird, like small time comedy and like odd video editing stuff. It's it's cool as hell. Oh, great. But I feel like that's what YouTube kind of used to be. Like right. you would find it was that. uniformly that. It was closer to the surface. And now it's like you have to go to the sort of niche like, oh, it's like no one's seen it. Right. But like that, that's what YouTube was. Right, right. But that was the dream, too, is, like, that your video would be the one that skyrockets, you know? Totally, man. That was, like, you could go you could go viral. It's the you golden could... days of, like, Numaye and, like, uh, <laughs> Trollolo Man. And, right, right. You know? Obviously, YouTube has since been purchased by Google. Yep. And it's now the second largest search engine in the world. Did you know that? Google is the second? No, no, no. Google is the oh, first. Oh, YouTube is the second. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's just like a video interesting function. Yeah. So not so Google is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Bing, <laughs> mind you. Not Yahoo or whatever. Oh, I thought Bing was on top. No, sir. No. <laughs> I'm Guys, joking. by at least the first two spots, <laughs> which kid, is crazy. I fucking love Bing. Not Kidding serious me? about that whatsoever. I mean, everybody loves Bing for about twelve minutes every other week, but you know. 
It actually, there's one part about it that I do enjoy. Um, it's it's related to my job, but um, oh. <laughs> it allows me. It allows me. <laughs> not that. Not that. It allow it allows me to uh, very quickly switch from maps to web. Um, um, which Google hasn't quite mastered yet. Oh, interesting. So like, like, so if I type in an address and I need to look it up, um, uh, I can seamlessly switch from that to searching that address in the, you know, in, in the web browser as opposed to on maps very quickly, as opposed to Google where I have to copy and paste it. Oh, right. sure. Yeah, right. Oh, dude. And then, yeah, GG. Very, it's very small, <laughs> very small thing, but uh, I do difference. prefer it for that one thing. But outside of that, no, I, I no, <laughs> I don't use it at all. Wow. Well, anyway, enough about Bing. So YouTube is transformed into this, this, you know, very, very central mainstream platform, right? I mean, it's a lot of things too. It's it, it YouTube for a video content distribution like cha- like like platform. Uh, they do a lot of music, right? YouTube Red, this service that exists, which is the worst brand name of all time. The, YouTube Red is uh, is is say it three times fast. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and type it three times fast. The it's a music service where like like you know features in the video app are enabled by like mm-hmm. being able to consume your music through there. There's also YouTube TV now. Yeah, it's which is like a Hulu competitor. They're in an interesting place where they're trying to be like a video content streaming service, like a paid video content streaming service right. with like major network clientele. Right. And uh like including all... ESPN and like, oh, like, yeah, like yeah, big yeah. big players. But they're also kind of keeping their like user friendly, like everybody can post videos sort of thing going on, which is it, it, it's an interesting sort of it's an interesting path to arrive at that as, you know, whereas like Netflix started as sending physical discs, you know, and right. arrived at streaming. YouTube is kind of like naturally finding its way there, but through a totally different avenue. Yep. Yep. And, and, and this is where I think the conversation starts today, because over the last couple weeks, there's been some very interesting very uh, bold moves by by Google and the management of YouTube. So <clears throat> there was an article a report that NPR did about targeted advertising on the YouTube platform and using and and, and how far you could you could hone your target demographic for um like like how 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 targeted can we get and what are the parameters of the of the the categories that exist so they went out of their way to find uh uh, the category jew haters ah yeah and 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 related related categories and the algorithm of youtube not only did it let it go through but it helped them formulate the yeah it helped them formulate the search to better target the jew hating demographic because it's just a fucking algorithm at this point yeah okay which is disgusting no i mean it's it's (laughs) it's like oh my god there's like you know but so they did that that's that that was a possible thing through youtube like okay thank you youtube 
Wow. Damn. Okay. Fast forward about a week. I have read in, like, I'm talking, I've heard tons of podcasts that I listen to, uh, content creators on YouTube that I follow, talking about this. There has been a mass demonetization effort. Like, huge swaths of independent content creators' videos have been demonetized on YouTube in the last week or so as a response to this very thing. Always, I mean, I don't know if you've ever explored the the uh, way that the that it works in YouTube, but like, it's pretty yeah, draconian. So you much. like, you're guilty, and then you have to go and like make the case that your video is actually not offensive in whatever way that mm-hmm. has been flagged. Those flags don't always make sense. It's Google, so maybe somebody's there, maybe somebody's not. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's a real pain in the ass for people. And uh, and and a lot of these, a lot of these demonetizations are around sort of a more technical and 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 technical political intersection. There's a lot of of these sort of a lot of the content that seems to have been targeted is anything that could be remotely interpreted as as off narrative or like you know not. It doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy about a particular set of, 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 of like priorities for Google, basically, is what it comes down to. Like priorities hmm. for Google on a, okay. very na- on a very like political level. Now, well, I've got some links that I'll toss into the show notes to sort of like expand on this. Yeah, Maybe, that's. You know, um, I'll find that the original um, report on it. It's not limited to to YouTube either. If if my understanding is they also did this on Facebook, but with different, I mean, like, and Facebook allowed it to go through too. But like, there was yeah. there were different. <laughs> it was just different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different platform. It works a different way. So, anyway, where does that kind of put us? Because you you know you described the the YouTube of of what what like the old YouTube and where we came from the before time. The long, long ago. Now we have, now we have this. Where not only do they allow for you to target incredibly horrible groups of people because that's just how the demographic is, or the the, the algorithm is writ- written, but as a response, they're taking a cleaver to everything that they feel is is even remotely going to cost them a penny to their advertisers. Mm. Unfilter is my prime example of this. Unfilter has been is a podcast and a show that I watch every single week. The back catalog has been almost completely demonetized. That's just a news and like they have a like a technological spin on news, mm-hmm. but that's just like a news interpretation. Like you know they don't right right. They're, so they're not. It's getting into just issues that Google personally doesn't like that aren't exactly. necessarily like part of. Nothing to say about the content. Conversations, yeah. I don't want to like you know. It's not like a. Yeah. It, it's it's that they they specifically don't appreciate mm. that they're cracking down on. Yep. Well, that's uh, this is this is the unromantic part of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you're letting boards of private citizens uh, design user experiences and gather just tons and tons of data just like you know 
and the ability to make choices about those systems, that's the, uh, the unromantic part of capitalism. So how far does our, you know, I mean, obviously it's bullshit, but like, like how far does our outrage really let us go? Because it's a private platform. It's, we don't own it. It's not like a public thing. Like, what do we do? You got any ideas, po- Colin? Post to Twitch. Post to Twitch. <laughs> that is a good point. I, I'm really appreciating using the Twitch service, actually, at this point in the game. Yeah, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. I mean, it's it's obviously not as ubiquitous as YouTube, and this is for now. This isn't like a like a supposed to be a plug of Twitch, but just given these realities, it just makes yeah, me yeah, feel just, good to use. I'm, I'm saying other other platforms, and I mean Twitch is very well positioned to. Um, I, I feel like switch to uh, doing what a lot of what YouTube used to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a hypothetical, and I want you guys to to to, to sort of like paint the the way forward for this because this is where i'm hung hung up okay when i want to learn how to do something you know maybe it's change my alternator in my car or the water filter in my house Mm. or i want to learn how to paint a particular way and understand that technique like how do you how do you go from YouTube to Twitch in that way? Because that, like, when you think of that, you think of YouTube today. Oh, of, of mm-hmm. course. Sorry. I, I, I meant to imply that Twitch would would have, you know, some other part of their infrastructure that would do what YouTube does, not, not try to do what YouTube services with their current setup but don't you think like for a real competitor to to knock youtube out of the out of the place like it kind of has to fill that that role sure i mean that's like a really that's why youtube is king you know it's a large part of it every time i've ever changed like a light in my car totally it's been <laughs> i've had youtube by the hand youtube be my guide absolutely every YouTube time take the wheel i've learned i mean an immeasurable amount simply by following and, and watching youtube videos you sent me a good one about uh biasing an amplifier recently yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. That's, yeah that's how you do it it's like oh you need to do this thing here's a link to a particular I mean, they have tutorial a, they have a cultural stranglehold oh yeah on that kind of video content oh dude I, i'm so glad it exists me too, man. I mean, <laughs> crikey. Like, what a what an enabling thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, it's so it, it, it comes with a very bitter pill that they're 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 not a public platform. They're not a they're not for the good. Like this thing that we've allowed to become basically a product. It's a product. Yeah. And it's become the de facto like video media mm-hmm. speech platform. Yep. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's unsettling, and I I'm very much interested in pursuing and and uh, using alternatives. I think at this point. So I'm glad we're broadcasting on Twitch today. I guess uh, so. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Twitch that checks in the mail, right? <laughs> like it's, it's on the way. We're looking for sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, word. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll keep an eye on that. 
because um, I think that's going to be pretty. Um, I'd like to hear if anybody important. wants to like communicate with us. Like, I'm really torn on on how to feel about this because it. I, I recognize YouTube's ubiquity, and I and I I understand also that I feel like they they have a anything with that kind of mind share it feels like should have a certain amount of responsibility as well mm-hmm. but i don't know where those lines are i don't know what those boundaries are i'd be interested in in other people's opinions on that so and is this a, a shoulda coulda woulda type situation it's like well we could have made that contract when you put all that content up there but now it's just there right right like, right good point hindsight's twenty twenty, right so please reach out at hello at shinypodcast.com with your thoughts i'd love to hear them yes please so we have a right. much more, much more optimistic and and forward-thinking, progressive thing to talk about. I hope. I hope. I really hope. I'm really holding out hope, actually. Tonight, as of this recording, after so many years of waiting, <laughs> we have a new Star Trek series debuting. Yeah, on uh, CBS, right? Tonight at 8.30, yes, on CBS. Here's how it works. You can watch the premiere episode of Star Trek Discovery at 8.30 Eastern Time on CBS. And after the cliffhanger, if you choose to watch any more, you will have to subscribe to CBS All Access for $5.99 a month. Or Oh, so they won't broadcast it on CBS after that? Correct. They figured. Oh, they figured what the out. Nerds. Fuck! I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> yes. They yes. figured it out. Yeah. No, they know because I'm a Star Trek fan, and I will do absolutely fucking anything I possibly have to to get at my Star Trek. But they are manipulating me into taking part into a third in a third party service that I otherwise would not participate in. Because have you seen the rest of CBS All Access catalog? It's ridiculous. It's like Survivor. Sweet man. Yeah. Totally great star trek discovery however i will be watching this every single week as they drop the new episodes especially since twin peaks is over and i no longer need a showtime still gotta get up on oh yeah you do yeah i do too yes you do everybody should if you have ever watched twin peaks the Mm. return is absolutely worth it but star trek i'm so excited for this you guys know what a star trek fan i am do tell. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm such a, I, <laughs> I was born in 1987. He's never he's literally never mentioned this. Yeah. Ever. I, I was I'm born in 1987 shocked, and so was Star Trek the Next Generation and, and my family watched it every week as it came out yeah. as I grew up. It's you know, it's a fact. I mean, I it, call it, we were both friends with Chris as children and like I grew up in a house that just Star Trek was not a thing that was even part oh, of Oh no, Star Trek was so 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 not a thing like my dad is and, and my mom and and no 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 one and in fact i didn't know anybody yeah <laughs> not even not not just like my like outside of my like or within my family like i didn't know anybody who loved star trek and was so invested in in star trek as as much as chris oh yeah yeah that never ended that... <laughs> that's still true. and it's beautiful oh, it's, it's still great, true yeah. It's 
Really, truly, I'm not kidding. It has informed the vast majority of my like, s- like s- so- societal, like political views. Like, really, like when you think about it. Yes, I, I, you know, I'm such an entrepreneur, but there's all of these amazing values that I really, I think that the show does such an, a, a great job of showcasing the best yeah. of humanity and in in the best of conditions what like this this species could evolve to in a relatively short amount of time you know a post want society where we mm-hmm. do we do provide for everybody and we ensure that your basic existence is is provided for so that you can indulge mm-hmm. in your passions and pursue the very things that you know got got to get on those replicators that's man that's right yeah having complete uh, like a limitless food supply really helps with that I made the mistake of reading Transmetropolitan from end to end before ever watching Star Trek, so my feelings about a post, uh, post post-scarcity wants. society are yeah. a little different. <laughs> but I can still appreciate Star Trek. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just started getting into Deep Space Nine because um, because mm. Chris got me hooked on this one really great episode, and I was like, uh, I'm gonna go back and and start at the beginning. Well, DS9 is the uh, and it's been it's great dark series. In fact, in fact, I've been I've been working on like trying to find some some uh, MOCs, some mocks for uh, for a Lego for for the Deep Space Nine station. Oh, cool! Any yeah. luck? Um, not really. I found one, but it was in Russian, so I couldn't really that's tough, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. really uh, get the you know the instruction part of it. Oh, that's <laughs> but, cool. Um, but I'm keeping my eye out. Deep Space Nine is a great place to kind of like frame the new series, I think, because Deep Space Nine was a departure very much from the the way that they had done things. And also, yeah, that's what I've heard. Being the most important fucking piece of culture in the entirety of human history. I'm so beside myself about this premiere. I don't even I don't care about the stupid draconian like like corporate chug of, of of siphoning me into CBS's new stupid online infrastructure. I don't even care. I just am so happy that there is Star Trek, that they spent eight and a half million dollars per episode on this show. This is the golden age of goddamn television. Holy fuck! That's insane! Yeah, man. A hundred. I, I, I mean, like, they used to get I mean, the budget is just is just insane. Yeah, eight and a half million dollars an episode is is that's why if you've seen any of the trailers, the like the set, yeah, been, the costume, bananas. everything is so over the top. So some background: it's set about ten years before the original series. Uh, the Enterprise has yet to launch. The series apparently uh, describes the first contact between Klingons and the Federation and the ensuing conflict. Just to keep uh, all of the Star Trek family in mind, does this happen before Enterprise, too? It's after Enterprise. Okay, so so does it follow up on Enterprise at all? Do we know? I I don't know. Not a lot of people love that show, but I wonder if they're kind of kind of keep it canon or if they're going to... Well, there's a lot of design language that's similar between the the Enterprise of... That of the show Enterprise and the ships that they're they've shown thus far. There's okay, there's cool. a lot of similarities between them, but that's not a massive deviation from Trek ship you know design language. Um, right, right. But I'm sure we'll see some follow up. There's a okay. lot like at least from the advertising though, there seems to be a lot more ties to the Kirk era than than not. 
Like that's that's what it it seems to be about. That's okay. where a lot of the stuff is. So, for instance, wow. uh, Sarek, Spock's dad, is a character. Sweet man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Is Winona Ryder gonna be there? Is she gonna guess? <laughs> Hard cannon. She's busy these days. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> She's got a career again. Can't wait till Halloween. Holy oh shit. Oh my god. Stranger Things. We're talking too. about Star Trek. But yeah, back to back to Star Trek. I'm just so happy to see like I hope I, I, I hope that they've really given it this this new series the breadth and the, the, the leeway to be something good, you know? Yeah. It seems pretty cool. Like, what's his name? Oh, I'm not gonna think of his name now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, British British actor. He's he's awesome. He's um, the bad guy in the Patriot and in the Harry Potter movies. He's the, oh um, yeah, that guy. He's uh, uh, Malfoy. He's uh, Father Malfoy. Father oh. Malfoy. <laughs> Father, Father Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 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 the yeah, I don't Harry know Potter's. what you're talking about, but I believe you. Is he in this one? Yeah, he's he's one of the captains. There's many captains because the show is about a first officer, apparently, not a captain. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. It's a different perspective. You got I mean, you got to respect the entire uh, chain of command, you know. If there's a lot of stories to Oh, be told it's there. Jason Isaacs. Thank you. Thank you for rescuing me. I I could have used that about 15 minutes ago. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that that guy? Who is that? Who is that? Okay, Jason Isaacs. Thanks. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this person before. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't watch all the Harry Potter movies. It's okay. He's it's, he's he's. I think I know what happened. He has a, an American accent in, I, in Star Trek. I have to give a, I have to give uh, credit where credit is due. Kathy Kathy busted in was like Jason Isaacs. Oh, I see that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. So. Because I did not arrive there on my own. <laughs> so. It's been a really, really long time since a new Star Trek show has come out. And even longer since I felt this excited about it. Because when Enterprise came out, I was excited, but it was a little inaccessible to me. So. Mm-hmm. I just, you know couldn't really get into it plus the whole like prequel thing it was like eh, okay prequels this, still there's still kind of a bad taste of prequels this that. is definitely a prequel but it's close enough to to what we have seen that i'm i'm, I'm like okay it's the universe i want you know it's yeah like, yeah well yeah. they, they kind of they figured out they figured out this century yeah i hope so man i hope They'll so fuck up again dude it's a long-running franchise it happens well I hope they do. I hope it it, it works out because I kind of feel like Star Trek is. Uh, it, I feel like it's on the ropes in a lot of ways. Like the 50th anniversary just went by and not a lot of fanfare or anything happened. You know, it was the the, the third Abrams verse movie came out and I really liked it, but it didn't. You know, didn't it wasn't what Paramount was looking for. There's the whole problem with the CBS Paramount split between ownership of the of the IP, which is a massive mm-hmm. problem. I did not know that. Yeah, Paramount gets all the movies and CBS gets all the TV rights. Ah, oh, okay. Leftover from the old days. Yeah, it's kind of this pain in the ass. So there can't be like a continuity of like characters because because then you'd have to pay the other company. This is very silly. So you gonna hey watch guys. it? I'm gonna watch it. I'm. I think I'm gonna be here, so I'm gonna watch I'm it. I'm gonna force you to watch. Yeah, it. no, I'm totally gonna watch it. I'm really bummed out that it's like like here's your free sample, guys. 
and then yeah, it's how, drug, it's how drugs pay work. out the butt for another streaming service. Yeah, five ninety nine is kind of out the butt, isn't it? Horrible. It's it's I know <laughs> it's stupid, but it's I mean, ah, I get corporations it. Don't and get their me, stupid like, I, strategies. I understand I all the reasoning and the financial stuff behind it. It's still. It, I think it's what adds insult to injury is the fact that in every other country on the planet, it just comes through Netflix. You can just get it I over know. Netflix. Oh just God, not in America. You have just... to get CBS All Access. That's the part that really kicks. If it was like everywhere would have to go through CBS All Access, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. But, but that part really sucks. Yeah. That part really sucks. Yarp. But, hey. There's a new Star Trek show. So how bad can it be? Hopefully it's all it hopefully it's about blowing up Klingons, but it's also about the good of humanity. But I really so much more. really could do with like a positive uh, you know, spin. But you know, dark dark reboots are kinda dark gritty is kind of the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Do we get to know anything mm-hmm. about Yar's backstory in this series? That's what Tasha? I Tasha? Tasha Yar, yeah. Doubtful. That's her, her planet kinda sucks. <laughs> it's it's a real it's a real shit show. I didn't even know. I just you know. There's an episode, I think, in season three, maybe, of TNG, where they go back to her planet and meet her sister. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's basically like... Just how little TNG I've watched. I think Yara's cool because she was on Black Sabbath video, so like... Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, she, she... Yeah, her planet is like basically dominated by roving gangs of rapists and, and plunderers. Oh, as Miranda. Far as we can She's from Miranda. Yeah, functionally, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically that. She's, it's a bad place. It's a bad, bad place. The Yars have had a rough time. So, anything else to talk about Star Trek? I kind of feel like we've rounded it out, but just I'm beside myself with excitement, and I could continue to say those words for the next <laughs> how many hours that we got? 90 minutes until it's on. No, I'm good. All right. I will enjoy the new Star Trek immensely. And how. And I will take the gun away from your head now that you've said that. guys we did it this has been please tell me that audacity is still recording oh it is everything's recording (laughs) everything's recording all right this has been the shiny podcast you have listened to the shine once again somehow you have ingested through your ears that's what should come through your eyes you can find us at shinypodcast.com. That's where we post the latest episodes of this here show, as well as uh, a link to subscribe in your pod-catching application of choice. Reach, us, reach out to us on Twitter at shinythepodcast, on Facebook at shinypodcast, and of course our email is hello at shinypodcast.com. Oh, and check out our uh, eye show uh, before our ear show on Thursday at 7 to see our next installment of Fallout New Vegas Split Personality. That's right. That's right. 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Twitch.tv slash ShinyPodcast. All right. Well, this is Colin signing off. Thanks for listening, folks. My name is Christopher, and this is the end of the show. My name is
Dexter is hard and it's Hey Runar, get your nose out of there. Jeb! 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 Jebba, please clap. It is entirely possible that this will be meaningless to you. You always did the best Sarvox impression, man. Well, dude, like one for the ages. Beauteous. This content will be meaningful to you. <laughs> or it won't. Everyone everyone loves Sarvox. Come on. Did anyone like Fred Fred was for plebes, man. It's all about Sarvox. You should listen to yourself talk sometimes. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm stuck with it every day. So. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing the editing from now. <laughs>